From Phoenix to London, from LA to around the world, this is the ticket. All sports, all the time, with your boys, former NFL Philadelphia Eagle Ray Ellis and Fan Man. Your number one fan oriented sports talk leader, Voice America Sports. Well, we're back. Uh, you hear that music? When you hear that music, it means it's time for the show. You're listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. And again, this week I am without the number one co-host in the world, Fan Man. But as I said, this show must go on. And speaking of the show going on, there have been some shows going on on TV in terms of uh, basketball. They have... Uh, those have been some very, very good games that I've been watching the last few nights. And um, i got to give uh, Kobe Bryant and the, and the Lakers. I, man, i, I got to give kudos to those guys. Uh, playing very good basketball. Kobe started out last year this time demanding that uh, he be traded. Uh, he didn't want to play with the team. He felt that he needed some help. And uh, he's gotten some help. He really has gotten some help. Uh, Kobe has continued to be the great basketball player that he is uh just probably i mean if i had to cost a coin a coin between he and um michael jordan ah, i wouldn't care but anyway as i said you're listening to rail of sports for those who would like to call in you can call in at 866-472-5788 again that number is 866-472-5788 well as always we always uh talk a little football we talk a little basketball we talk about whatever you want to talk about you know uh, but this is a, a talk show this is a sports talk show of which uh, I've always said many times to people listen I couldn't wait till the time came that I got the opportunity to become a fan and become a critic uh, of sports because when you're participating many times what you want to do is you want to uh, encourage your teammates you want to uh, you want to motivate your teammates. You want to be a leader on the field. But it's nothing like being a fan. And uh, when you're a fan, like everybody else, you got your opinion. And you sit on yours, and I'm sitting on mine, and I'm speaking mine. And I'd like for you to speak yours whenever you like to. Uh, also, for those of you out there who are interested, I believe if you're listening to us, then you can also see... Uh, the banner there that has Ray Ellis at RayEllisSports.com. Guess what? As I've been telling you, you're going to the Super Bowl. There are two tickets that are we, we are going to be giving away. Uh, the contest is, is already starting. Uh, the rules and regulations will be submitted to those of you out there who are interested very soon. But you can get a head start. You can start emailing me and say, Ray, please put me on that list. Let me know what's going on. I want an opportunity to win those tickets to the Super Bowl. And we don't know who's going to be there in that Super Bowl, but certainly, uh, you know, it all is starting this week. You know, some of it has started already in the offseason. Many times, I know I always did, as soon as the season was over, I was getting prepared for the next year's season so that I could uh, increase my chances and hopefully my teammates' chances of making it to the Super Bowl. And for those of us who may have forgotten about the Super Bowl, where the Giants went in and done uh, did exactly what we thought all of us, many of us thought was just no way possible, and that is that they beat the New England Patriots. 
And uh, I, I think it was a convincingly win. I mean, from the beginning, they started out, and I think they took control of that game from the very beginning. And for those who, you know, forgot about the championship feeling, March Madness was, was just over, completed. Um, you know, again, young men out playing basketball as hard as they possibly could. Great game. You know, it's just been exciting. The Phoenix Suns this weekend, you know, a great game this past weekend, starting off the NBA, uh, you know, championship series, because there's a number of series that are going on in order for them to get to that final uh, championship series where the bottom line is win or go home. And that's what they're experiencing right now. And that's what sports is just all about. It's it's the time of year when you many people don't even watch football, basketball, baseball, and particularly baseball. I got to be honest, there are a lot of people who don't watch baseball until it's the World Series or the Playoff Series because they they feel like there's just too much that's still out there. It hasn't been determined who's going to win and what's at stake, but then once you get into the playoff, you know what's at stake. Either you win or you go home, and the NBA has adopted that. Now, I'm so glad that they have adopted that, but it is – it's an exciting time for, for the NBA. It's an exciting time for football. It's an exciting time for me because this is uh, the, the time of year where you just, you know, you think there's some players out there. You think they're going to get drafted. You think they're going to help improve the team that you've been watching all year long. You know, it could be another one of those days at draft uh, in New York City like the Donovan McNabb day. And we all remember that day when he was booed by the Eagles loyal fans and and why because they wanted somebody else and i'm not sure anybody remembers who they wanted but i'm not sure the person that they wanted remembers that they wanted him instead of donovan McNabb. and that person that they wanted instead of donovan was ricky waters and uh man i'm so glad that they got donovan McNabb, and the team was able to go on and go to three or four NFC championship games and go to a Super Bowl and compete for a Super Bowl because those fans would have been, oh, you think they were disappointed on that day? They would really been, uh, and I said Ricky Waters, I meant Ricky Williams. Ricky Waters ended up going to the Eagles at one point in time, and of course we know Ricky is for who, for what, and but Ricky Williams was the person of which they wanted instead of Donovan McNabb, and um you know, we wish Donovan the best, and wish, I wish the Eagles the best. You always got to root for it. You know, if you've been there, played with those teams, you, know, you can't just give up on them. And I'm not just going to give up on the Eagles. I wish the best for the Eagles. I wish the best for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I, I live here in the Valley now, and I wish the best for the Arizona Cardinals. But uh, I guess I should start off the show the right way and wish the best for the person, for the man who has been chosen, I believe, already. I believe they've already, uh, the deal's been signed. The ink's probably on the deal. But the Miami Dolphins have decided that they're going to take that guy from that school up north. I don't even think I want to mention his name, nor do I want to mention that school up north that he went to. Coach Hayes, I just won't do it. I, I can't do it. Woody, I can't do it. Coach Hayes, I can't do it. Okay, he went to Michigan. You know, Bo's up there right now. Woody and Bo are having this thing going on up there right now, you know, and, 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 and Bo's laughing at Woody. Ha, ha, ha. See, he went before a ghost and ha, 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 ha. No. <laughs> he did, but that's okay. Now, I, I think, uh, you know, I think the Dolphins have made the right choice. There's no doubt about it. You know, when you pick an offensive lineman, many times people don't realize, and sometimes they do, 
that an offensive lineman actually helps two components of your of your game. He helps your passing game and your running game. Many times when you take a running back, if he's not if he doesn't have very good hands and, and all running backs don't really concentrate on catching the ball. You know, there's some that are good, but then there's others who don't catch the ball so well. He can help your running game, but then he could hurt your passing game because maybe he doesn't want to block. You know, but in this particular case, when you pick a big, strong offensive lineman like Jake Long from the school up north, I mean, unless he gets hurt, I think he should come in and, uh, you know, he should do a great job. You know, he really should come in and, and, and probably, you know, be an all pro this year. I mean, the man's played in a big time program. Uh, for a number of years, he's been doing an outstanding job. He's got great feet. He's got great hands. He's strong. I mean, he has—he really has everything that you look for in an offensive lineman. And I—and I think, you know, I think the tuna, as I always, like to call him Parcells. I think he did a, a great job. I think he knew who he wanted from the very beginning. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind he knew who he wanted from the very beginning. It was just a matter of they could come to terms with the dollars. And I think, you know, again, this was a, a, a kid from the school up north. And I think they knew him personality-wise, and I don't think they thought they were going to have one problem with signing him. Sometimes you, you pick people in the draft, you pick them in a certain position, and, you know, you don't get them signed. <laughs> you know, and the Raiders found that out last year. You know, sometimes it, with Jamarcus uh, Russell, it took some time. And uh, when, you, when you take time, because I'm, I'm one of those people of the opinion that I do not believe that, a person drafted that high should be a first-round draft pick that is a project. No. If you're drafted that high in the draft, you should not be a project. You should be an impact player, and you should come in. Uh, I, I think that the, the Pittsburgh – I'm sorry, not the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I think even at the, uh, the Packers, the Packers GM, and I saw him earlier, you know, on a broadcast, and he said, you know, that it's a long-term investment. I agree with that. And I, I think perhaps maybe being a long-term investment, that's hard for me to think what he means by that because the average football player only lasts, his career only lasts for like, you know, three and a half years. So I don't know what he means by long-term. I'm thinking he's, you know, of the mindset that this is a project and it's going to take some time for it to mature and for it to reach its peak. But I think it should come in a pick at that position in the draft, in the first round, no instant gratification get a player get a ball player is going to make an impact on your team right away so i you know i want to congratulate the tuna the miami dolphins i think without a doubt jake long is an impact player i think he'll come in i think he'll he'll help them without a doubt right away and it will solidify at least one position on that offensive line for those guys and i think that's okay but now what happens is now that puts a little pressure on some of the other people and some of the other people out there, of course, all those remaining people that are in the top ten, and, you know, the St. Louis Rams. You know, if you look at the Rams, from my perspective, if I were to be a GM, and, you know, a couple of weeks ago we had our good friend Ozzie Newsom on as a GM, you know, and, you know, you think about what do you do when you have that pick, when you have a pick that high, what do you do with that pick? If you have a, a pick that high and you have that many needs in terms of, positions that you need to upgrade do you trade that pick and i'm not so sure when i look at these next uh let's say the next four people in the top five including miami miami could have done that but certainly 
the Rams, the Falcons, the Raiders, and the Chiefs. If there's for some reason or another that there's a deal on the table that they could trade their pick and still get a first-round pick and maybe get a first-round pick and still get another pick from somebody else later in that round. So, I mean, if there's a chance they can get a first-round pick this year and then, you know, still have a first-round pick next year and maybe pick up another extra first-round pick. So that's really, you know, put them in a position to have three first-round picks in two years. I think they should do that. I mean, when you've got a team that's hurting so bad, like some of these teams are, I mean, the St. Louis Rams, they're not just one player away from being a playoff team. Well, in this division out here, they could be. But, but no, I don't think so. The Atlanta Falcons, they're, a, they're an entire draft. I mean, you know, every pick in the draft they would need, you know, at a high level to make them a playoff team. Uh, the Raiders, uh, the Raiders, uh, again, the Raiders need a few people. It's not just one person. I don't think that the Raiders pick one person, all of a sudden they're a playoff team. Kansas City Chiefs, same thing. I mean, they need a couple players. So think about it. If it's you, if you had that opportunity to make that pick and you're here in the top five and you know you have immediate needs in several different positions, do you trade that draft pick? And I think uh, I certainly take it in strong consideration and I ponder that and I think about it and I I trade that pick. But we'll find out what some of you think because, uh, as I said, you can contact me. In fact, you can email me. You can email me at rayellis at rayellisports.com. Right now. Right now. rayellis at rayellisports.com. And I'll answer your email. I'll answer your email. You tell me what you think. And I got a couple of them last week. And, and I answered them, of course. And uh, we had a lot of fun on the show last week. And, and we'll have some more fun on the show this week. But, uh, yeah, just email me at rayellis at rayellisports.com. And we'll continue to talk about that. But there's some interesting things going on. Speaking of trading, let's say you're, you're Marvin and Chad wants to go. I leave Cincinnati. Do you get rid of Chad Johnson? You're Marvin Lewis, and Chad says he wants to go. Well, you know what Marvin said? Marvin said, hey, you're a man, Chad. I think you should do what you said you were going to do. If you're going to sit out, sit out, because guess what? We're not going to trade you. You have a contract. We're going to hold up our end of that contract. And you have to hold up your end of that contract. And that's you have to play with us or you have to sit out. And he's called him on the table. Hey, Chad, do what you said you're going to do. To me, that's a coach that's had enough. He's done with it. But listen, I hope you're not done with it. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Whenever you hear that music, that's an indication that we got to take a break. So I'm going to take this break and I'll be back. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. I'm Joe Wood, president of Famous Footwear. We are a proud sponsor of March of Dimes' premier walking event, March for Babies, formerly known as Walk America. More babies begin healthy lives because of March of Dimes' research and programs. And with our support, we can do even more for families all over America. One day, all babies will be born healthy, but we have to walk to get there. Join the March for Babies. Sign up at marchforbabies.org. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports okay there's that music when that music when we hear the music when we come back that means of course it's time for us to come back to ray ellis sports on the voice america network and although i don't have the number one co-host of the world with me i do have a very loyal person with us and that of course is jeff mosher who's our correspondent from out on the east coast of this country jeff how you doing there What's going on, Ray? Oh, I'm having a good time here, man. I'm here by myself. But listen, I just got an email from James. And James, uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, about Chad before we left. And James asked the question, why keep a player when he does not want to play for your team? Isn't that bad for team morale? Uh, what, do you, what do you say about that? We're talking, Of course, Jeff, we're talking about, uh, you know, Chad Johnson expressing his uh, interest in leaving the Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, the coach saying, of course, we're not going to trade him. He's got a contract. He right. should do what he said he's going to do, and that he, sh- he should sit out. Yeah, you know, I think in the past, uh, Ray, a lot of times when you've seen a player this disgruntled and this outspoken, he has been kind of shipped off in a team. You'll often see team doesn't really get the value it's supposed to get for their player in return. But, um, you know, if you, if you look at what the Chicago Bears did with keeping Lance Briggs, even though he – said some really harsh things about the organization. And what happened, you know, they went to a Super Bowl one year. Uh, last year, you know, they didn't do too well, but they still have a pretty good defense. I mean, he, he just signed a long-term contract with the Bears after saying he'd never play in Chicago again, and he's considered one of the top linebackers in the draft. So I think maybe, you know, the organizations are now saying, I don't care if this person's going to trash me. He's going to play. And you know what? When competitors get on the field, as you know, from playing – they play, and they play hard, and you know because now it's not just about the organization; it's about their own personal pride and somewhat an ego, somewhat. So I'm guessing that that's what the Bengals are are thinking that you know he can make all the noise that he wants in the off season, but 
when he gets on that field and he's getting the ball thrown to him from Carson Palmer and, and everything counts, that he's going to show up and play. Yeah, you know, I, I have two examples of, of that. Um, and one of them, of course, is happening right now, you know, and that is Kobe Bryant. Kobe, you know, at the, at the beginning of the year in the offseason yep. last year, Kobe demanded he wanted out of L.A. He didn't want to play. He didn't think right. that they were committed to winning like they had told him they were. Uh, right. They didn't. He didn't feel as if they were. They had gotten him the help that they promised him they would get him. And of right. course, look what's what's happening now. I mean, they're playing great basketball. Absolutely. And the weird thing about the Chad Johnson situation is, I don't think it's about money, which most um, situations are when it, that there's disharmony between a player and a franchise. I think there's just kind of a, a dislike for how he's perceived there, and I think he believes that the team is around him has helped that fuel this perception that he's not a team guy or he's not a, a good guy. Uh, and that kind of stuff well, goes Jeff, under the Jeff, radar. Hold on. Hey, hey, Jeff, Jeff, let me say something to you there. Uh, you know, I think that part of that has to do with, you know, the distractions that Chad does. You know, it's a form of entertainment, but I think sometimes, you know, when they're winning, it's okay. But when they're right. losing, you know, some people feel as if he takes a little bit too far and right. there's too much emphasis on Chad and his, you know, additional personality that he brings right. to the game, and that's a little distracting for the team. Right, and you hit it on the head. If, if that's the case, you know, they're a better team, obviously, with Chad Johnson. So if Chad Johnson gives them a better chance to win, then his issues and his problems will probably be, again, under the radar as long as the Bengals are winning. So it makes sense for them to want to think that if they just ride through this storm of negativity that's created and put some wins on the scoreboard, that they'll be okay. I just got another email from Roger, and Roger and Roger and I are on the same page. Uh, Roger says, "What about Todd Bell and 1985 Chicago Bears?" That's exactly the other uh, example that I was going to give. Todd Bell, who of course was a teammate of mine, set out, and and I think this is totally different because Todd set out, and Dave Dorson stepped in, made the Pro Bowl, they won the Super Bowl, and Todd set out the entire season was not compensated, did not get a Super Bowl ring. And I think uh, a year or so later, Todd was out of Chicago and, of course, in Philly, and I was out of Philly and I was in Cleveland. But there's not another Chad Johnson to replace this Chad Johnson like there was, right. you know, Dave right. Dorson and Todd Bell. Right. And, and honestly, you know, I don't know Chad Johnson. I've never met him. Um, I have a hard time believing that he could actually sit out an entire year because he just seems to me that he thrives off competition and, People, you know, those cornerbacks who say that they're going to stop him. I mean, I just can't imagine him sitting quietly in his house while the season plays out and everybody talking about him and him being okay with that. So. No, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I know we had a conversation last week. Uh, part of our conversation last week was, was all about the competition at the cornerback position and how mm-hmm. competitive they are in trying to prevent wide receivers. And we're going to get to some of that, too, wide receivers from getting off the ball. Yeah. And, Ch- and Chad just would not, to me, and I don't know the guy either, but he doesn't seem like the guy that wants to sit home and watch the game on TV because if he sets out and he decides not to come and be a part of the team, they're not going to have him in the locker room and standing on the sidelines during the game. So he's going to have to sit home and watch the game. But then not only that, I think, and, and I'm starting to, again, I, I, before you got here too, Jeff, I was talking about me enjoying the opportunity to be a fan. And I know in today's economy, the way things are happening, I don't think fans are really – you know, happy to support a guy who's making millions and he's going to set out and think he's right. going to get the support from the fans 
because yeah. whatever whatever the fans think, whatever the, they don't ever really get the real reasons, but the fans always seem to tie it towards money. Mm-hmm. And that's what he'll be associated. This string will be attached to him. It's like, you know, he's being greedy because he's not getting paid enough money. And so he right. wants more money. And, right. uh, you know, I don't think that's the case. I don't think I, I think he wants better players. I think right. he even wants his teammates to step it up. You know, yeah, this is a unique situation. I mean, uh, very rarely do you see such disgust between a player and a franchise. And it really money is not at the root of it. Or maybe it is. And we just don't know about it. But he has never openly said it is about contract. It's, He's always said it's about perception and the team building and the philosophy around them. Well, you know, and, and, and that, you know, when you think about the Cincinnati Bengals, I, I've never known them to be one of the higher paying teams, you know, mm-hmm. throughout the league. But because of the salary cap, you know, everybody has the same amount of money in the pot to spend. And, yeah. and I'm sure Cincinnati's done a pretty good job of that. But I, but I know from someone else that, that, that has spoken to me kind of, you know, as some of our friends used to say, uh, my source, uh, you know, my sources have told me that Cincinnati has really kind of gone out of its way to accommodate Chad in terms of just making him happy and keeping him happy, but also some of the other players. You know, we know that one of the players, Chris Henry, and I know his agent, uh, you know, has told me that they even tried to help him with some things. And this is off the field. I mean, they really tried to bend over backwards to yeah. try to facilitate that. So, listen, I, 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 and I've said this before on the air. I have a 15-year-old son who's a wide receiver. And when I look and when I have him watch football games, and from my perspective, somebody who's been out there trying to guard some of the best wide receivers in the world, who do I tell him I think is one of the best route runners in the NFL? There's no doubt in my mind, Chad. If I could pick a receiver right now, and I have one receiver that's in the NFL, I take Chad Johnson. That's how really? much I like. Wow. Oh yeah, and, and that's wow. how much. That's how much of a competitor I think he is. That's mm-hmm. how good I think he is. I don't. I don't think that he really has a weak part of his game. If you ask me, well, okay, well, what part of his game do you think he really needs to work on? And I'd say, you know, his attitude. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it's his attitude. But yeah. other than that, if it's a clutch situation, I'll take Chad. If it's if it's in the green zone now. He can go up. He can catch it. If it's a deep ball, he can run away from anybody. You know, run after catch. He can do that. And he'll eat. In, in terms of blocking, he may not be real physical, but he'll block too. I mean, yeah. I think he, I think he can do it all. Oh no, there's no doubt. He's all pro. For I, I bet you Donovan yeah. would take him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, as a fact, <laughs> in fact, as you say that, Ray. I mean, there's there are is a ton of reports and speculation that the Eagles are still trying to acquire Chad Johnson, even though. The Bengals have pretty much told all the suitors to back off that Chad's not going anywhere. I, I, there's something that I saw out on NFL.com. And for those of you who are listening, if you get a chance, go to NFL.com and you'll see uh, a comment by Marvin Lewis. And, and I'm telling you, Marvin is fed up with it. I really believe it's just his body language mm-hmm. and, and, and the energy and lack of energy and just discuss, discussing this Chad Johnson thing. He's uh-huh. done with it. It's like, just Chad, okay, do what you said you're going to do. It's almost like two guys, you know, when we were kids before you get in a fight, you know, okay, yeah. you, you, you put a stick on your shoulder and that guy puts a stick on his shoulder. It's like, okay, knock, on, knock it off and we'll fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's where Marv is at. Marv is like, okay, Chad, you said you were going to do what you're going to do. Right. You know, if you're I like say- it. I like, I like somebody calling his bluff. You know, I, I really, I enjoy the fact that Marvin is coming out and saying, well, you're saying you're going to do all these things. Let's see what happens when uh, training camp comes, you know. I, well, you're right about that, and he, he called it. That's exactly what he did. He called mm-hmm. his bluff, and I think part of this, too, 
I don't think Marvin is the kind of coach that really enjoys all the antics. They go a bit too far because I think he's a serious kind of coach. And I think Chad kind of pushes his buttons just a little bit too much. (laughs) And so now it's his turn to push his. Well, listen, another guy we're talking about pushing buttons down there. I think that uh, that the tuna pushed the right button taking Jake along down there in Miami. What do you think? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm curious to see the numbers. I don't believe the numbers of the contract have come out yet. Um, The whole idea is that they weren't going to spend a gazillion dollars on a quarterback if they just weren't certain that he was the franchise quarterback they were looking for. And so now you go and get a guy, Jake Long, who wasn't really considered the number one guy, but maybe you can get him to agree to be the number one pick but not get paid number one pick type money, you know, get paid like maybe number three, four, or five overall pick type money. Um, so it's a, it's a good balance there, and it's smart business if that's, if that's what the Dolphins felt they needed most and they couldn't trade out of the number one spot. But, you know, you and I, uh, you know, we talked about this before. We talked about money. It always comes down to money. But the money's, the money's there. Why, I don't understand why, just like with Jamarcus Russell last year, he set out all that time, and there was time he could have been in, could have been developed, you know, and could have gone into this year mm-hmm. as a second-year player that had a season under his belt as opposed to a guy who got a couple games at the end, a couple snaps at the end, and really, you know, had lost an entire season. The money's there. Why is the money such an issue when it's there? I don't understand that, Jeff. Well, I mean, the money's there, but that doesn't mean that you have to be, uh, you know, irresponsible with it. If you can get a guy for a better rate and a better value and you don't want to go blowing, it's not just that it's money, Ray. It's it's pouring all that money into one guy who you're not sure of. And if they weren't sure that Matt Ryan was the guy they wanted and they didn't want to spend upwards of $55, 65000000 on a guy who they didn't, weren't, weren't confident enough in, then it, the smart thing to do is, pick a different guy who wasn't going to go number one, who fits their needs, and maybe get them for a better price so you have more money to spend, spend everywhere. So everybody has the same amount of money, sort of, because of the salary cap, but exactly. it's those who spend it best who wind up competing and, and always, you know, uh, you know, doing a good job. I mean, Miami's in New England's division. They have to be as shrewd as they possibly can every year. Yeah, I, I, I think... Uh I agree with you on some parts about that money stuff, and I hear some of that music, so I'm probably going to have to address that on the uh, other side of this commercial break. But listen, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network, and of course, uh, Jeff Moser is here with us. And uh, after this break, we'll be back, and we'll continue to talk about the draft and all that long money that Jake Long got from the Miami Dolphins. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. 
spies are especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. If you love sports and like food, or like sports and love food, or are anywhere in between, Sports Bites might just become one of your favorite ways to spend your lunch break. Broadcasting Thursdays at 12 o'clock noon on the West Coast, it's Sports Bites with Chef Di, a delicious, enlightening, and entertaining mix of sports, food, and celebrity athletes. Yummy. Don't miss Sports Bites with Chef Di, Thursdays at noon on the Voice America Sports Channel. From the Super Bowl to the World Cup and every major sporting event in between. Front row with sports travel insider Robert Tuckman will take you on a private ride into the exclusive world of high-end sports travel. Tune in every Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern as Robert interviews key event organizers as well as star athletes and celebrities who attend these events. That's Thursdays at 12 p.m. Eastern right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Yes, 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 yes. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network, with, of course, with Jeff Mosher. It's our correspondent from the East Coast. And uh, I got a couple more emails here. Let me see. I'm going to run through this one. Uh, this is Kevin from Florida. Kevin says, uh, why did they take the fun out of the draft by announcing who the Dolphins picked? Wow. <laughs> you know what, well, Jeff? That, boy, that makes a, a lot critic. of sense. First, first people say, man, they take way too much time, 15 minutes, uh, all this stuff, and now it's the why do they do it this quick? <laughs> yeah, he said, but, but, but you know what? I think I kind of agree with him. Not only did they do it this quick, I mean, they announced it. What, what's today? Today is Tuesday? Yeah. And, and the draft is Saturday? Yeah. Oh, wow. You know what that uh, – yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with him, you know, because I – you know, of course, we don't want to go back in time, you know, but l- let's just talk about the fact that in the, in the well, past few years, I've been to the draft a few times, and I'm telling you, that is – I mean, that is – there's so much energy in that room. I mean, those people are so into it. And, and as a matter of fact, on the NFL channel, they, they talk about that experience – and what they're trying to create for those fans there. And they want those people to have no clue at all mm-hmm. of who the next draft pick is going to be. They want them to be excited. And now they're taking some of that excitement. I, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with this guy. Kevin, I, I agree with you. I, I don't know why they did that. Not a, that they should not. I don't think. I, I bet you. Watch. I, I'm saying this. I bet you something comes up. And they are going to agree that they will not relinquish who the pick is before the pick happens on draft day. That's the first pick of the draft. I guarantee you they do that. You know what? That's a good point, Ray. Uh, you know, the NFL being so entertainment-driven and really trying to captivate the fan interest, I, I can see that happening. You know, I think the reason why it came out was because the Dolphins had to be sure that whoever they were taking number one was going to sign with them and not hold out the way um, uh, Jamarcus Russell did last year, missing almost half the season. 
So uh, the Dolphins need to do that. And once you do that, Ray, you know, the information is going to get out there. Information that happens does not stay covert for very long in the NFL. There's too many agents that want the credit for the contract signed, so they put it out there. I guarantee you, even if they didn't announce it in a press conference, it would have been leaked somewhere and it would have been in the papers uh, or on the websites and it would have come out anyway. Well, I, I, I can tell you this, Jeff. I believe that this is a, a money-hungry or, uh, entity that consists of mm-hmm. these different teams, and it, it's, it's a great business model for anybody who's looking for a great business model. Just sit down with those guys one day and, and, and ask them, explain to you how they, how they built that business model. But I'm just telling you, this is, it's, it's so much entertainment, and it's so valuable to them that I think they're going to find a way. Uh, and they'll probably start finding teams. They'll find the teams. They'll they'll mm-hmm. they'll find the uh, uh, the agent or the player. But they'll find a way to keep that a secret because that is very valuable. I mean, there's no uh, you know. And and going back to what we were talking about, what you said about they want to make sure they sign the person. I think that's also a part of the draft. I think the ability to sign the person is part of the excitement of drafting that person as the very first pick. Mm, so you 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 think the NFL might try to. Um uh, I guess sanction against teams even talking with, with financially with a prospect before the first day of the draft. Well, they all, you, well, you know, we were talking about this a few weeks ago. They already have some things in place where, when it comes to free agencies, uh, uh-huh. players, and, and talking to those guys at a certain time. Right. I think with this thing here, because it's becoming, uh, it's it's so marketable. It's 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 something that I don't think anybody else looks forward to any other draft and any other sports like we do with the mm-hmm. National Football League. And right. I think that that first pick, and many times we may know who that first pick is going to be, but most of the time we don't. Yeah. I think there's, uh, you know, very few times do we know, it's not an exact science of who that pick is going to be, but I just think that just makes for uh, good television. And, and they've turned that draft into, you know, something that's very, very entertaining. Uh, but let me move on to the next question. Uh, the next question comes from John in Denver. And John asks, can you tell me who the top 10, I guess he means the top 10 draft picks in terms of what order they come in? And I can tell you that. Of course, Miami has the first pick. Uh, The Rams have the second pick. Falcons at number three. The Raiders at number four. Kansas City at five. The Jets at six. Uh, The Patriots at seven. Uh, The Ravens at eight. Cincinnati at 9, and New Orleans at uh, 10. Am I right on that, Jeff? You think that's right? That is accurate. <laughs> okay. Well, listen, uh, those people who Did just said that to... you do that off the top t- of your head, Ray? Uh, yeah, that's right on the top of my head, too. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who would also like to send me an email, I believe you can see it there on the website, but uh, in case you can't, my email address that you can email me a question, I'll answer it, is rayellis at Sports. Dot com. Again, Ray Ellis at Ray Ellis Sports dot com. Uh, hey, Jeff, Ray, with all these emails, who needs Fan Man, right? Oh, yeah. Hey, Fan Man, if you can hear <laughs> us, uh, Jeff just said we don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jeff, by the way, I want you to know I talked to uh, Jeff Lappin from Razor Gator, and he had a few choice words to say about you and the la- how you got on him the last time he was on the show about those <laughs> Eagles tickets and those Eagle fans. And he... Uh, <laughs> We had a good uh, conversation about that. And by the way, guess what? You're going to the Super Bowl. 
Uh, and that is a contest. You send me those emails, and uh, we're going to put all the details up to that contest, but just send them to me and let me know that you're interested. But those tickets, uh, two tickets to the Super Bowl, I was able to convince management here at uh, Voice America Sports that we should do that. And uh, our friends at uh, Razor Gator, I believe they're also going to participate in that as well. We certainly like to have them on board. Well, oh, listen, man, I thought you were telling me that I was going to the Super Bowl. I was, I was excited. <laughs> oh, man, you, i tell you what. If, if the Eagles go to the Super Bowl, I'm sure you'll go to the Super Bowl. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey, listen, uh, speaking of the Super Bowl, all these teams mm-hmm. are trying to get ready to make it to the Super Bowl. The next team that's in position when it comes to the draft they're on the clock now, as they say, is the St. Louis Rams. Now, if you're the Rams, and I'm asking you this question, Jeff, if you're the Rams and you're sitting where you are at number two in the draft, you need help at just about every position. And, and I think I heard one of the guys say that with the Atlanta Falcons is that every position is in need of improvement and there, nothing's really guaranteed. Uh, do you trade this pick? Or do you stay there and uh, and you pick somebody like maybe Glenn Dorsey or Chris Long? Well, you know, I think if they wanted to trade the pick, they would have a tough time doing that because it just doesn't seem that there's any interest from uh, many teams that to move up into the top five. It's become very difficult to do that um, because of all the money that's involved. Um, really, they have the pick of their litter, like you said. So and that, that's a pretty good position to be in when you need a lot of help, uh, you know, might be wise for them to try to swing some deals maybe in the second or third round where they acquire a few extra picks and give up a pick maybe next year or something like that. Um, but now I, I have a feeling they're going to stay at number two and really try to you know, vamp, uh, revamp one of their lines by either taking the defensive end Chris Long or the defensive tackle um, uh, Glenn Dorsey. So do you think so? You, you you think the Atlanta Falcons GM was just blowing smoke? Then he says he's getting a lot of inquiries about uh, his number three pick because if you if you got the third pick, certainly the the second mm-hmm. pick would be just as desirable as that as that third pick. You would think. I didn't see that Thomas Dimitrov said that. Um, but from what I've seen, most of the GMs have said it's that the offers they're getting aren't so great. That they're, they're not just there aren't that many offers. So I'm, you know, maybe somebody will trade up for for number two. Um, you know, what makes that interesting, Ray, and, and very possible is if somebody really wants Matt Ryan, um, they, could, they could move up to two or even three if they don't think St. Louis is going to take a quarterback. So I, that's why maybe Tom Dimitrov said that, because maybe at number three, um, knowing that St. Louis is probably not going to take a quarterback, the number three slot becomes really interesting because now you have a bunch of teams that really might want to Matt, get Matt Ryan and trade up for him. Well, one of those teams that uh, that possibly could want to do that is, is, is my good buddy out in Kansas City, uh, and that's Herman Edwards, because he, he knows that number four, certainly mm-hmm. the Raiders don't need a quarterback. But, no. uh, but you're right, at two or three, those guys could take a quarterback. And, and I, I believe out there in Kansas City, uh, I truly believe that uh, – uh, and in fact, they've got something. They got some bait they can throw around. Uh, Jared Allen, who's a D line out there, you know, I understand that Jared's had some problems off the field, and perhaps maybe they may be interested in, in trading him. But I believe this is the last go round for Carl Peterson and Herman out there in Kansas City if they don't make some things happen. Well, boy, I hope that when you say last go round, it, it's this year or bust because they have a lot of holes that they have to fill. Um, well, you know, they were pretty angry with them last year. I mean, even though, you know, uh, the big fellow Larry Johnson, you know, he had some injuries, you know, but he yeah. set out, you know, got a whole lot of money. And then, you, I mean, people just, uh, they're not happy with that stuff. And I, I think they're, uh, yeah, Herman had a lot of holes to fill when he got there. But, you know, this is just, uh, it's a microwave type of uh, sport. You know, they want to see results now. They don't want to wait. People don't want to wait anymore. Right, right, absolutely. And um, 
they're in an interesting position because when you're five, you know, you kind of get that, I don't want to say second-tier prospect, but this isn't considered a very, very strong draft. And, you know, you got your first four guys who are Jake Long, Chris Long, Glenn Dorsey, and McFadden. Uh, and after that, you kind of get into a guys who are all bunched in the, in the same category. Now, you know, if Kansas City wants a lineman and they take uh, Brandon Albert, there are some people who feel that the other tackles, like, oh, Jeff Ota or Chris Williams, are just as good. Um, or if Kansas City wants Vernon Golston, there are some reports that they can probably get a linebacker, Keith Rivers, who's as good. So, I mean, the five is a tough place to pick at as far as getting a guaranteed uh, bulldog, but especially in a weak class. But, again, five is also not a terrible place to be, so I'm sure that they'll get somebody who's going to help them out immediately. You know, Jeff, that's, that's, that's interesting to hear from your perspective that, and I've heard other people say this too, is that this isn't a real strong draft. And I, right. I know after the fact, it's like the Monday morning quarterbacks, you know, mm-hmm. they look at drafts and they, you know, they've kind of pegged them as, you know, some of the best drafts of all time. Right. And, and I know there's, there's a couple, you know, Brett Favre is leaving us and uh, Aaron McNair is leaving us. You know, two, you know, Brett's certainly a Hall of Famer. And then some people are even saying that perhaps maybe uh, Aaron McNair might be someplace there. You know, it'd take him a long time. But a very, very good quarterback that, that, that played this game. So we're losing two very good players, you know, in this, uh, you know, through this NFL season. Uh, last year was their last year. Coming into this year's draft, do you see some great players that we think down the line could perhaps maybe be Hall of Famers? As you said, it's not a lot in this draft. Yeah, well, I, I guess it depends. I mean, it's really, it's really tough because you just have no idea, right, how these guys are, are going to project. We can really only go on, on their reputations right now in college and, and compare that on the reputations of guys coming out last year or the year before or in other past drafts. So let me give you an example. Last year's can't-miss prospect was Calvin Johnson, right? I mean, he was supposed to be an all-everything wide receiver, can't-miss, has all the vitals, has all the, the, the credentials, um, you know, guaranteed superstar down the road. There's really nobody in this draft who's getting that type of a claim. So I think that's why this, this class is saying, you know, that this class is being labeled as the one that you're probably not going to see the Hall of Famer down the, down the road. Even, even Chris Long, who's, you know, probably going to be the next pick to St. Louis or maybe third to Atlanta, you know, top five guy, is considered more of a, like a lunch pail guy who just has great pedigree and, and works really hard. But, you know, he's not considered a, a Julius Peppers type guy who's just going to get you 12 and a half sacks a year just by showing up, okay? So uh, well, I'll tell you what, Jeff. It's almost like on projections than more than what we actually know. Right. Okay. We Listen, we got a little music there. That means we got to take a break. I'm going to respond to your comment, uh, but I'm going to do it after this break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back after this message. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. JackLaLane.com presents Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris LaLane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Take a look inside the country's fastest-growing professional sports organization. Join Robbie Kendall for Inside the ABA on the Voice America Sports Channel. The show will feature weekly interviews with the owners, players, coaches, and influential league executives. Tune in and be a part of the fastest-growing sports organization in the world. You can hear Inside the ABA every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And uh, every time we take a break, it looks like I got another email. And this guy is Keith, and Keith is from Columbus. Go Bucks! Appreciate you listening out there in uh, Columbus, Ohio. But uh, Keith wants to know, is, is talent going down? Uh, you, you and I are talking about the draft not having that much uh, talent uh, this year. And Jeff, he wants to know from you and I, but I'll let you start. I'll let you answer that question. Is talent diminishing? I mean, you see so much mm-hmm. football on TV, and so we certainly get an exposure of seeing players. You know, we were talking. You and I were talking about. Uh, I think last week we were talking about the draft, and you know, is it? Uh, do we? Is there really a need for the draft? And I think my opinion was, I think it's better for the uh, underexposed uh, schools, where those yeah. players perhaps maybe who don't get a chance. That showcase their skill set in front of the you know national TV audiences. Perhaps maybe you know they should have an opportunity to go showcase their skills uh, at some type of uh, combine. We were talking about the combine, not the draft. Uh, the combine. So let's answer that question. You take a shot first, Jeff. What do you think? Is is the talent this year diminished? I don't know if talent Ray is diminishing. I think that specialization is increasing. And what I mean by that is. Gone are the days of the you know 280, 290 pound uh, defensive end uh, replaced nowadays by the undersized 250, 265 pound defensive end who's got the speed burst but um, is almost more a situational pass rusher and not really an every down pass rusher. And on the other side of the ball, you have quarterbacks now in college and you have so many more spread offenses where you have quarterbacks who are asked to do a lot more than the the prototype drop back passer used to be asked and. And uh, if it just fits a different system that doesn't always translate well into the NFL. So it's t- I don't know if it's the talent that's going down or just 
the specializ- specialization and the way that players are being um, groomed now in high school and college that has changed. Well, you know, Jeff, I, I remember, you know, right when I had retired, and I'm, talking, I'm thinking going back 20 years, man, but I remember like in 1989, uh, I was uh, there in Philadelphia, and I, and I was on a talk show, and I, and I said to them, I said, you know, uh, the, the, the time and place has come for the 300-pound lineman, and, mm-hmm. and that was in the 80s, uh, you know, early 90s where the mm-hmm. 300-pound lineman was, uh, you know, that was the future of the NFL. And you right. had to get bigger, you know, because right. people were, you know, the smaller teams were getting pushed around. The Raiders have been, you know, notorious for having those big, huge offensive linemen. But I think what you're seeing now, and I'm agreeing with you on this from this aspect, is it is becoming more specialized, you know, where it used to be, you know, the old, uh, you know, what's his name, Chuck uh, Bednarik, the old 60-minute men. Mm-hmm. We don't have the 60-minute men anymore. You do have specialties, although you do want to have, you know, a great player that you can keep him on the field, you know, in every situation, you know, to have to hopefully make plays for you. But it is becoming more specialized but I'm mm-hmm. but I'm also gonna I'm gonna take a stab at the quarterback position because when we had to bring Vinny Testaverde back last year and Vinny's almost mm-hmm. as old as I am yeah. I'm thinking what's happening and I, and we had um, we had a coach on this uh, on, on the show with us uh, and I was asking the question you know is is that what are they doing at the high school level or what are they not doing at the high school level that they're not producing quarterbacks for today's game that's a great question. I mean, the, the, what was it, the 1983 draft that gave us, uh, you know, seven or eight first-round quarterbacks? Exactly, all of them were, yes. Yeah, right. you, you got, it's been a long time since we had seven or eight first-round quarterbacks and and having any of them all do that well. I mean, nowadays, you, you raise a great, a even greater point because nowadays the best quarterbacks in the NFL are the guys who are passed up in the draft or who are second-day draft guys, your Tony Romo's, your, your uh, you know, Tom Brady's, your Jeff Garcia's and things like that. Uh, there's and they're probably, but, they're, but they're, you know what, Jeff? They're probably passing the ball more now in college than they ever yeah. were before. Yeah, yeah. But again, you know, they're doing it differently. Um, they're they're doing it out of these gimmicky spread offenses and crazy receiver formation sets that hey, but Jeff, around. And and it makes you wonder if if the quarterbacks are benefiting off just great matchups and not really off their own um, personal quarterback acumen. Yeah, but you know, Jeff. I, you know, the more I think about it, and 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 I want you to walk through this with me. The spread mm-hmm. offense is nothing except a third down play, where everybody knows it's a pass situation. So you bring wide receivers in, you spread things out, and every now and then they might run a draw play or they run a screen. That's mm-hmm. all the spread. The spread offense. It's, it's you put four wide receivers on the field. So yeah. what? I mean, come on. It's it's still football. I just I right, really don't right, understand. Right, but it's different. I mean, if you don't have guys running pro style offenses and taking snaps from behind center, if they're always in the shotgun, they're not getting the NFL quarterback grooming. You know what I'm saying? They're not they're not getting all those little things that quarterbacks develop over a certain amount of time that become second nature, like the drop back and the taking the snap from the the center and in just reading a defense at the line of scrimmage instead of standing up a few a few behind when you know you've got the numbers in your favor with all the matchups. So I just think little things like that make a big difference. Yeah, they do make a big difference. And I, and I think, uh, you know, without a doubt, I think it's something that's lagging. I, I, I'm going to go back to, I believe, an early intervention in everything. So I'm going to go back to, you know, even the Pop Warner Leagues, mm-hmm. you know, because that's where it's all starting. And, I mean, really, you got to start working on basic fundamentals to get us some better football players in terms – I just mean the quarterback position because yeah. when we had to bring Vinny, 
you know, out of retirement. Oh, my goodness. I, I couldn't believe that. But but anyway, as always, it goes by so fast. We've had so much fun. I appreciate you calling in, Jeff. And, of course, uh, you and I will get a chance to chat next week. Uh, you've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. And uh, we don't know who the number two pick is going to be, but uh, whoever it'll be, I'm sure it'll be a good pick. As always, I got to go, so I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.